Advancing Women in Sport podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Michelle Redfern. In this first season, not just a statistic, I'm bringing you the stories of women in sport from career start to the boardroom. Every episode is with an amazing woman from a range of different sports and a range of different positions in sport. And every episode is going to give you some actionable insights as a sports fan, as a member, as an administrator, as a leader to take action on how to close the leadership gender gap in sport. I hope you enjoy the episode. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples' continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. Hello. How are you, Michelle? Yeah, very good, thank you. It's a little bit discombobulating to be on the other end of the interview equation. So yeah, good to be with you, Karen. Well, well, what a great pleasure it is for me to be interviewing you. We met a few years back when I was the president at the Kyneton Football Netball Club. And I, I love the work you do with women and um, business and sport. And I've been inspired by you. And it's just fabulous now that you're sharing so much of your knowledge and your expertise with, with other women. So this is your first teaser for your new podcast called the Advancing Women in Sport podcast. How exciting is that? Very, very. And, you know, I I think in terms of a bit of a backstory, the first two bits of research or pieces of research that I did into sport and, and gender inequality in sport were very much designed to be resources for sports leaders to use and take action on. However, I recognise that they were still, despite that they were very readable and actionable, they were still documents of reasonable length. And I figured, you know, had a bit of a brainstorm and a, or a you know, brain fart, as they call it, over COVID and thought, who's got capacity to read a 20-page report? But what are we doing? We're listening to podcasts. I thought, what a great way to help leaders move, you know, literally create some awareness so that they can take action, use this, use this medium. So here I am. And here you are. And for those few people that may not know who you are, let me, by way of introduction, give you, Michelle Redfern, a little bit of a backstory yourself. So you are the owner of Advancing Women in Business and Sport. You are a co-host of Global Online Business Women's Network, A Career That Soars, and you're also involved with the podcast Lead to Soar, as well as the co-founder of CDW, Culturally Diverse Women. That's me. You're quite a woman, aren't you? Thank you. I, I will. Ta- I, I do coach women to take the compliments when they come their way. So thank you, Karen. That's lovely. However, what I do say to people is really, I, I just do. I do a couple of things. One is that I, I work preferably at a system level, either in an organisation or an industry, to help remove the barriers that stop women and other underrepresented people reaching their full potential. So that's the that's the consulting, advisory, strategy development around workplace gender quality, inclusion and diversity. So, you know, work really with with a lot of people who are very, very powerful CEOs and executives to help them make the changes that can really unlock the full potential of their organisation by unlocking the full potential of women and others. And then the, the other side of the equation is that I work with women directly because I needed someone like me when I was my daughter's age. So when I was in my 20s and in leadership for the first time and really very, very ambitious, I 
looked up and, you know, they're just, I, I had very few female role models. In fact, I didn't have any women bosses or mentors until I was really in my late 30s. And I think I, I perhaps would have gained a lot more wisdom and perspective had I had that. So I want to be that for, for women. I want to be their human GPS to navigate a system that's not yet fixed because I have been in that system for 40 something years and you gather a bit of wisdom along the way, right? I think most of the stuff is what I haven't got right and I share that to say this is what not to do. So yeah, so I work directly with women in a number of different capacities to help them navigate that system. And then of course, there's my research into sport, which is, you know, apart from my wife, my first love, oh, and my kids, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Now, we both have a love of sport too. And I'm really interested in where that came from for you and, and how you got involved with sport from the start. Well, when people first started asking me this, in fact, it's often asked, were you an elite athlete? And I said, oh God, no, I was built for comfort, not speed my whole life. But I grew up in regional Western Australia in a town called Geraldton. And when I was there, it was about 15,000 people. So, you know, reasonably large town, but sport was everything there. And my mum and dad both played sport. And I, I could, some of my earliest memories are trailing around after dad at the cricket and the footy, particularly the, the cricket, because the rec, the recreation ground was literally half a mile from my front door. So we could toddle down, jump through the back fence and and go to the cricket or the footy pretty much, well, all year round. But dad played and and I just, I love sports. So then we all played when we were, you know, at, at primary school and then I played right through until pretty much my second pregnancy. I don't know, it's just all, sport has always been a part of my life. And once I stopped being a, a participant, I became, I guess, a participant off the field or off the court um, when my kids started playing. And again, role models with mum and dad because they were always on the committees and volunteering and, and this, that and the other. And I just thought it was an absolute, you know, lay down um, there to, to say, well, okay, I'll turn up to my kids' games, but how can I help? And started getting involved again in sport that way. And I often say my daughter was playing netball and if anyone's ever played netball with little kids at Gels Park in Wheelers Hill in uh, in Victoria, if you've got parents turning up at 8am in the winter there and every week, you know, I was that, that parent and the committee knew, hello, here's a keen one because uh, it was pretty brutal and they invited me to get on the committee and that kind of started where I've ended up now because it really did start to open my eyes about the possibilities that sport provided. Yeah, so that's, that's me. Sport's just always been a part of my life and I couldn't imagine it not being part of my life ever. Yeah, ditto. I agree with that entirely. I Just having four sons, I know how important sport's been, not only for us, but as parents, we both, my husband and I grew up playing a lot of sport too. And I think being that sport role model and getting your children involved in sport early is such a grounding level playing field for, for everything, isn't it? Well, it teaches a, a lot of skills, you know, it certainly teaches about teamwork, how to play nice in the sandpit and that everyone has different strengths and abilities and a team because I, I predominantly played team sports, as did my kids. And, you know, everyone's got a part to play. And, you know, in in a funny kind of way, and I wouldn't have used that language back then, we knew we had to have diversity of skills and diversity of people in any of the sporting teams that we're in to make a great team. And then, of course, those people needed to feel like they were included so that they could 
really play to their full potential. So yeah, it's funny how when I, I look back over the experiences that I've had and the amazing people I've worked with in sport, it's taught me so much. And and I know there's this amazing statistic that of the women who have led Fortune 500 companies in the US, 92% have had some involvement in sport, have played sport at not always um, elite level, but certainly played sport all the way through. So I think there's great leadership development in sport as well. Um, well, I don't think I know there's great leadership development to be had as well. So tell me now, Michelle, when you moved from being just a volunteer and, you know, running the oranges or doing the training or strapping or any of those jobs that we've all done. When you moved on to committees and boards, what surprised you about those positions? My first committee, serious committee, was in netball, in junior netball. And there were a couple of things that surprised me. The first one was I was surprised at my own ability because um, I thought, oh, hello, here's, you know, I've been a manager, I've been an administrator pretty much my entire career. And here was how I could be involved. So I could contribute. So I think there's some really good lessons there for a lot of people, particularly women who are going, how could I get involved with sport or how could I have have an impact that there are there are skills required. So that was my first one was a, a bit of self-awareness. I've got some skills that are really valuable here. But the second one was the disparity, the gender disparity. Now I was in netball and Fortunately, the club that I was involved with, we were, look, I think it was ahead of its time, quite frankly, because we we had a pretty good range of dads involved. And we had a couple of very high impact, high touch dads involved in the club, coaching on the committee, umpiring, you know, busting gender stereotypes because it was a very female dominated environment. And I really enjoyed that. And I thought, that's interesting. Where are the rest of the dads? And what is it that we're doing that our kids' dads want to be involved? And of course, there's the whole lot of stuff around being very deliberate and, and intentional. We were very deliberate and intentional about including dads um, because we wanted them there because we wanted their perspectives. So that was the second thing that surprised me. And then the third thing was, if I can do this netball malarkey, what about what about footy? Because I reckon I can I reckon I can go over there and I've got to say, footy wasn't around for girls when I was growing up, but if it had been, I would have been on that field trying hard, but uh, I would have been on that field as quick as, as anything. But of course, I started to then venture into the world of footy where are the women there? Where are the women? Well, I guess beyond the stereotypical roles and my first experience around that was again with my kids' sport and my son started playing junior footy. I front up and say, right, here I am. I'm a set of arms and legs. What do you want me to do? But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I am not going to cut up oranges. I'm not going to be in the canteen and I'm not going to wash jumpers because I'd like some of the dads to do that. But what I will do is anything to do with the team, on field, whatever it may be. Clearly, they thought I was fierce enough because they said, well, you can be the umpire escort. So I got every week I'd have my little high-vis vest on and I'd escort the umpires on and off the field, which I've got to say is a bit of an indictment on the fact that umpires need escorts. But anyway, um, so that was my job. And I went, okay, so that's that's cool. And I didn't realise it at the time that it was a little bit different because I did have a couple of people go, oh, we've never seen a mum doing that before. And I went, well, now you have. And I wonder what else we could all be doing differently. So I think those gender stereotypes start at grassroots sport, Karen, and they then follow through because then I started to see, well, where are the women on the committees? Where are the women on the boards? Where are the female CEOs in sport? And as as I became more and more involved, and then I got onto a couple of Gippsland board, then moved to Williamstown. So, you know, sub, you know, state league, state league so sub elite. And again, started to say, well, okay, I think there's some real, some real work to be done here. So, I went, well, if not me, who? And if not now, when? So 
as the great Ron Barassi says, and I don't think he made it up, but I always quote him or give him credit. If it's to be, it's up to me. So I decided that I'd do something about it. So there was a there was a fury almost, wasn't there, and an inner rage that you were just noticing that women weren't represented in this space. So what did you decide to do with that inner rage that you had? Um, and the benefit of a little bit of age is you gather that wisdom to then you know learn to channel the outrage. I know that outrage has to turn into advocacy. So I thought, how can I have an impact on one person? I can start to present people who are in decision-making positions the facts and the data about the current state. So here it is right now. And that that was the, the first report. And it surprised a lot of people. There were a lot of people who said, I had no idea we only had at that time 3%. So in 2017, only 3% of sports CEOs were women. And people went, you're joking. I went, no, nah, no, I'm not. Here's the data. And you, then you start to look at that, the gender pay gap, the other, you know, the, 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 the leadership gap. And I particularly talk about the off field. So I, I don't necessarily focus on athletes because I think we, if we get the administration and the leadership right, that will flow through to athletes. But people were really surprised. So I said, all right then. So this, the facts and the data. So we've got to raise a awareness, but not just gaze at the problem. Then I had to say, well, I know how frustrating it is to be a busy executive in an organisation that has to get a lot of stuff done. I can be presented with you know, with the problem, but please come to me with a solution as well. So I decided to be that I needed to present both the problem and the solution. So I really want to help organisations, help leaders in organisations move from, okay, now I'm aware, now I know what to do, that action. Here are the first three steps you've got to take. So that's what I started to do. I was fortunate enough pretty early on to, to get a gig at Carlton Footy Club and help them over a 12-month period build a really commercial offering that was structured around diversity and inclusion. And it just fueled my appetite, Karen, to keep doing more and more because I could see the impact. I could see the impact we were having for the organisation itself, the club, but also their key commercial partners. And of course, the women and, and others in, in those that big ecosystem, We could I could see people starting to learn how to do stuff. And that was what really fueled me. It just kept fueling me to go, how can I do more? How can I keep presenting people with, here's the facts, but here's what you do about it? Because I think there's a lot of gay or agonising over the problem. But what I hadn't necessarily seen was the recognition that this is a new skill to learn. This is a new set of disciplines. This is a new a new way of doing stuff. And that we just don't start doing new stuff overnight. We've got to make people aware. We've got to check they understand, give them the, the tools and the techniques and the training and then help them and coach them all the way through. So that's that's pretty much the, that's how it started. I became aware and thought, God, I've got to do something about this. But I was very acutely aware of how much sporting administrators have on their plate and how could I be not just someone yap yapping in their ear about what the problem was but I could help them do whatever they needed to do and what what their what their appetite was um, or their organizational appetite was as well as saying well we've got this capability and this capacity so yeah that was that was the plan fabulous and and you are doing and there is something new coming up for you and it is this new podcast so it's your latest and most possibly your greatest um <laughs> project to work on let's let's face it tell me a little bit about the advancing women in sport podcast so the the podcast it started off as another report and then through covid of course we're at the end of year 2 of the global pandemic through covid of course that first year sport was just dead 
decimated and, you know, timing is everything as well as being very, very sensitive to people's needs and what's going on. And I thought, I, I can't, I just can't go to my network, my sporting network and the administrators that I know and say, hey, here's another thing for you to read and do. They had no capacity. So I thought, what am I going to do here? Because I really wanted to tell the stories of a range of women, a very diverse range of women in sports so people could get some insight, start to create that aha empathy factor. So we did the interviews, wrote them all down. Then I went, you know what, I should interview these women. I should film them and record them and then we should do something with that. And that's something then because I'd started another, my other podcast, Lead to Saw, I went, this is it. This this podcasting malarkey, that's what a great way to get out a message, but also to lift the profiles, deservedly so, of these women who are quite simply terrific in their own right. They're all doing very, very different things at very, very in different sports at different levels. But I thought, let's tell the story. So here's what here's what the experience has been of the particular woman over the course of her career, but also give those call to actions. So very clear call to action in every episode for leaders to say, aha, there's the one thing I can do. And of course, that's pretty much one of my signature things that most people who have worked with me will know, yep, she's going to come up with the, righto, what's the one thing you're going to do when you walk out the door? So there's a lot of the, what's the one thing that leaders can do in every episode? So I, I want it to be very, very entertaining, build awareness again, but also give sports people in that huge ecosystem that is sport, the opportunity to do something, to take action. And that's pretty much how it started. And now here we are getting ready to launch it. We can't give too much away, can we? But it is coming up. And uh, when is it coming up? When can people expect to hear from you? They're going to hear from you and I for for a couple of episodes because we're, we're just going to get people ready and, you know, really champing at the, at the bit to hear it. But my plan is to launch fittingly the very first episode on International Women's Day. So March 8, 2022. And so the first episode, is with a woman that I am very, very proud to call my friend and very well known to many Australians. So it's Lisa Alexander, the award-winning, medalled, credentialed coach, former coach of the Australian Diamonds netball team. And Lisa, of course, has now moved to the UK, London, or the UK have pinched her and is working for the London Pulse as a high-performance coach. So Lisa, for anyone who's ever watched or listened to Lisa, you'll know that she doesn't hold back and she talks a very, very strong game for gender inequality or gender equality, uh, particularly at the elite coaching level, not just in netball. So uh, she's she's often a, a lightning rod for, for discussion and it's I can guarantee you this will be a great episode for people to tune into. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. And, and I just know that, you know, your voice will be amplified through each episode which is really going to give people an appetite for more and more so all of your episodes will be available by the end of the year I guess is that about right yeah well season one so we've got eight interviews in season one so season one as we said starts on the 8th March and it will be a weekly release then have a little break because I'm already in the process of preparing season two which well I'm not going to let too much out of the bag but essentially you know I want to talk to interview and and gain wisdom from the people who are leveling the playing field for women 
in sport, though. I'm going to talk to more and more people across the globe for season two about who's doing amazing stuff to level the playing field. So season two will tentatively will be around sort of May, June. That'll come out. Great. Well, thank you for speaking with me today about the first episodes. Yeah, so it'd be great to hear more. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope that you can gain a lot of insights and importantly, take action wherever you may work in sport. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating. It really helps to spread the word. And of course, please do share this episode with your friends, with your colleagues and with your network of people in sport, because together we can close the leadership gender gap.